You know what? In the old covenant, when God's people came into the temple, God, God said to his people, if you come in through the east gate, then you have to leave through the west gate. If you come into my presence from the north gate, you have to leave through the south gate. The lesson, you don't leave God's presence the same way that you came into God's presence. And if that's the case, if that's the case under the old covenant, how much more under the new covenant? If you came in here depressed, get prepared to leave with the joy of the Lord in your heart. If you came in sick, get prepared to leave healed in Jesus' name. If you came in here with a broken heart, get prepared for the only one that can use the scalpel of love on your heart and heal it. And his name is Jesus. Come on, give it up one more time for Jesus right here. You may be seated, everybody. And I, I do thank the ladies here for, for restraining themselves while I was singing. Thank you for not rushing the stage. I had enough of that in the 60s. It just drove me nuts. Uh, <laughs> I love your pastor. I'm telling you, you are blessed to have a man of God like this in your house, leading this house right here. Uh, you know, if I were to move, I think I would come to Port Elizabeth. I like it down here. You're all crazy and I like it. <laughs> uh, people are asking me, you know, no, I don't work out. Eat your heart out. I know this is just natural. I was preaching in a church once, George, right? And the pastor, I mean, he had muscles on his teeth. He was sitting on the front row. And I said to the congregation, your pastor there, all the muscles and everything. I said, that there, I said, that is synthetic. This is organic. <laughs> you know, if I was to walk around this room this morning, and if God could say to you, look, if there's one thing that you would desire I do for you in your life above everything else, I'm sure the majority of the people here would say, Lord, I just want to know how I can live with a contented heart. I just want to know how I can apply the peace that passes understanding. How many of you know, folks, we have resources that the world do not have. And this supernatural peace of God is not just some theological thing that we are to study, but it's a powerful force that God wants us to live with. And one of the most important lessons I've learned during the 670 years I've been in ministry. The 40 years I've been in ministry, one of the most important lessons I've learned is not how to develop my gift or how to make good contacts or any of that or how to be a five-star leader, whatever that is. But it's simply this, to learn 
how to minister and live through a contented heart. The Bible says that we are to guard our heart because out of it flow the issues of life. Another translation is guard your heart because your future depends upon it. And Paul says this, I love this. Paul says, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. He didn't say, for I've been taught. You don't, you don't get taught contentment in a Bible school. You learn it when the stuff of life hits your theology. And Paul said, I've been all over the stuff, but I've come to, I've come, I've learned. That in every situation, in fact, he says to Timothy, he said, Timothy, you know, godliness with contentment has great gain. And for me, I think um, if we are going to learn to live with a contented heart, and by the way, this is part one, part two, we'll, 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 I'll finish tonight. So there's nothing on the TV. Uh, you have, you, have, you have many other days to go to the beach, so come back tonight for part two, okay? Somebody say amen here. So there are three aspects of God's character that we must marinate our lives in if we're going to live with a contented heart. I'm only going to deal with two this morning and perhaps one tonight, okay? Well, I may not even get through the two, but let's see how it goes. You see, look, I've learned something. You see, God knows who's here. God knows what you need. And sometimes he may stop me. I've learned, the one thing I've learned as a minister, especially now as, as you know, the Lord, the Lord. Do you know, um, six, seven years ago, I, I handed over the church I was pastoring after 26 years. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I, I just don't want to fill a diary. You know, I just don't want to be, he says, no, no. He says, Ray, not only are you setting in a son today, but the church is sending out a father. And this is what he said to me. And I've never heard this phrase before. He said, Ray, I'm going to anoint you as an abolitionist in my church. Now, I had to go to the dictionary to find out what an abolitionist was, and I was amazed. An abolitionist is somebody who delivers somebody else from slavery. And he said, the biggest form of slavery on planet Earth right now is in my church. My people are worshiping me in chains. And he showed me the people of Israel worshiping Yahweh in chains for 400 years. And God sent Moses, an abolitionist, to say to Pharaoh, let my people go. So, so I know, I know this morning there are the chains Chains are going to fall off people, going to break this morning. Really? 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 Because, uh, and, and so I'm very careful uh, of listening to the Holy Spirit, even as I'm ministering. And if I don't get through all the message, that's fine. Because I know that God will watch over his word and distribute it in a way that he knows that you need it. Come on, somebody say amen right here. So three aspects of God's character that you must marinate your heart in on a daily basis. One, you need to marinate your heart in the revelation of his mercy towards you. Because with that revelation, 
the revelation of God's mercy. God's mercy is his character to restrain from giving you what you deserve. Grace is his character to give you what you don't deserve. So unless you have a revelation of God's mercy, watch, when you have a revelation like that, it'll help you deal with a failed past. Then you have to have a revelation of his faithfulness. We sang it this morning. Because when you have a revelation of his faithfulness, that will help you deal with a confusing present. And then you have to have a revelation of his unconditional love. Because, because that will help you deal with an unknown future. Nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So, so let, let's, let's just have a look at, 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 um, at God's mercy. You need to have a revelation of God's mercy. His ability to restrain from giving you what you deserve. And for a large portion of my life, I didn't know how to deal with guilt and condemnation because of a failed past. Even as a minister, continually, I didn't know how to deal with all the mistakes and the sins and the stuff of the past. And the reason why some of you have stopped trying is because of your past record of failure. You've just given up. You're like the army recruit who joined the army and he wanted to be in uh, shooting a rifle, but he couldn't hit anything. And so the sergeant major said, you're useless. Why don't you go behind that wall and just shoot yourself? So he took it to heart and he went behind the wall and the sergeant major thought, my, I wasn't, I didn't mean it. And then there was a silence and then there was a single shot and everybody's heart melted. And then the man came up from behind the wall and said, it's okay, I missed. And some of you, and some of you, some of you are like that. You know, you look at your life. You look at your life and you look at your, your, your stuff. And, and because you look at your past and it's like a row of bombed houses. And you think everything I try, I fail, what's wrong with me? And as a result, some of you have stopped trying in relationships. Some of you have stopped trying in church involvement. Some of you have stopped trying in business, in love. Do you know what I've learned? <laughs> and I wish I'd learned this when I was younger. So much younger than today. <laughs> anyway, you never thought you were going to listen to a Beatles song when you came here this morning, right? Confidence in God's mercy compensates for any deficiency or failure in our lives. Some of you may not know this, and I, I only, I've only shared it here. I shared it with the men on, uh, on, uh, the other day when we had a men's breakfast. The last time I was here was four years ago, uh, 2018. And uh, what many of you didn't know, you came, and I know many people have come up to me and said, Ray, I remember that message, remember the duck, and how it changed my life and how it helped me. 
And, uh, but what you may not have known, and I'm sharing this not, not to get some, you know, stuff, but to encourage you. What you didn't know is the day I left the UK to fly down to South Africa, the very day I was walking out the door with my bags, there was a letter in the post. And when I opened the letter, it was divorce papers for my ex-wife saying, I don't want this life anymore with you. There, uh, there was no adultery involved or nothing like that. She just said, I want to live uh, my own life. And so I held these papers in my hand as a minister. And, as a, and, I, and I'm about to get on, on a plane to fly to Africa, South Africa, to minister all over. And I started shaking. Uh, it's like all my experience of the past, all my theology, the whole stuff seemed to melt away. And um, I, uh, I, got on, I managed to get to the plane. I cried all the way down on the plane. Uh, in fact, I was, it was so embarrassing. I had to go to the, the, the toilet on the plane to hide the tears. I came here, Pastor George. I didn't tell anybody. He didn't know. Uh, and the reason I'm telling you this is because the beautiful hospitality that... Um, the, the church always puts me in the waterproof tent I've got down on the beach there. It's so, thank you, George. And the, do you know what? No, it's awesome. The tent is lovely. And, uh, and every morning, every morning without fail, someone comes with bread and water for me and says, you are a be blessed. But now I'm staying in a beautiful hotel. And the reason I say this, I'm saying this is because when I walked into the same room now that I walked in four years ago, it brought back all the memories of how I felt. And I'm thinking to myself, there I was, and I was on this roller coaster of grief and guilt. Heartbreak that she'd left, but guilt because could I have done some more? Come on, somebody, am I talking to the right people here? And the reason I'm sharing this is because there's somebody listening to my voice, either live or online right now, that needs to hear it. I could come up here and share my successes with you. About, uh, you know, how I went to a meeting once and 14 blind people walked. I, I could, I could, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, could, I could share with you how 17 people who were living after listening to my message died. I could share all that with you. And that's fine. That's wonderful. But I don't know about you. There's something about sharing how God compensates for our deficiency, our failure. There's something about sharing with people how, hey, there was no hope for me, but God turned up in his mercy. And somehow, somehow, you know, and there I was, and I was telling God, how can I go to Father's house and stand up and preach and tell people? And he said, well, it was never about you. <laughs> I thought it was me. <laughs> but then I discovered, here I am, a mess. Here I am, watch, a carcass. I felt like a carcass. Like a dead carcass. And he said, Ray, I could use a carcass. He said, I did it with Samson. 
And he, and this is in the hotel room here, crying, hey, I was happening there. And I, they, watch this. You can't, you can't win with God. Forget it. If you win with God, you lose. But if you lose with God, you win. I said, Lord, I give up. Immediately he says, I don't. Lord, I finished. I'm not. Forget it. Don't even argue with him. It's, it's hopeless. It's, forget it. I said, Lord, how could you? And then he showed me Samson killing the lion. And then a few weeks later, it decomposed. And he came back and he reached inside the dead carcass. And there was honey in there. And he said, Ray, don't be afraid to share the dead areas of your life because there's honey in it for other people who are needing mercy and are needing grace. And I, I, oh, Alibaba. And I'm telling you right now, I don't care what mess you're in. I don't care what, what carcass you are giving to God. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you and he will do it this morning. Give the Lord some praise in this house. I'm preaching myself. Happy! And he was here four years ago. I learned the incredible depth and practical help of God's mercy. And do you know what it helped me do? It helped me not to shut down. It helped me to keep going. Some of you, listen to me. Let me show you. This is what he showed me. Have I got my helper? I need my helpers. I need two people up here. I need my biscuits. Come up, come up. Just come, bring, bring. Right, watch this. Stand over here. Let's go up here, okay? This is what he showed me. Stand over there, guys. Yeah, whatever. You make up your mind, right? Yeah, you have the brush, right? And just follow me, okay? Instinctively, you will know what to do because you're very intelligent people, really. This is what he showed me, okay? So, okay. So he asked me, and then he started to show me the psalm that David wrote. He leads me in righteousness and follows me with grace and mercy. And he said, Ray, do you know why I follow you in grace and mercy every day? Watch. These biscuits represent my bad decisions. None of you relate to this, but I'm just saying. These biscuits represent my bad decisions, my sins, my failures. So here I am, Lord, I, I, I try my best. Lord, I, I, I love you. I want to serve you. But I'm, 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 I, I, every day I'm making bad decisions and I, I, it, it breaks my heart. And I don't know, I, I, please, Lord, I'm so sorry for all. And the Lord says, sorry for what? I'm sorry for my past failure. And he says, Ray, turn around. And I turn around and I see goodness and mercy sweeping up my mess. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Somebody better get excited. Goodness and mercy following us. Come on, give it up for goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. He said, he said, Ray, he said, don't you think I know? Why do you think I sent my son to die on a cross? Come on, somebody say amen right here. 
He said, the reason my goodness and mercy has to follow you. In fact, the word used is pursue you. Because every day, you're not going to cut it. Every day, you're, gonna, you, you're not going to reach the standard you have set. I haven't set any standard. Your standard for me was met in my son 2,000 years ago. And I've given you his standard. So why are you trying to reach a standard when I've already met the standard for you? He said, and the reason why grace and mercy has to follow you is because that's what my worst mercy does. Help me. It helped me not to stop trying because of past failure. I, do you know what? I don't know who this is for, but there are people here, please, this morning, it's time for you to start trying again. And some of you are saying, but Ray, what if I fail doing the will of God? This is a belter. This is where the enemy comes in with condemnation. Ha, ha, ha. So you, you actually, you knew what you, you failed doing the will of God. Now, how can you do that? And, and the condemnation comes. For me, my marriage was the will of God. When I took that vow at the altar, you know, for life, I, I meant that. It was the will of God. So now the enemy in that hotel room up there, you know, before I came here, ah, how can you go down and preach to those people when you failed in the will of God? I said, Lord, I don't know how to deal with this. And you know what he said? No. <laughs> Listen. He said to me, he said to me, he said, Ray, was Peter in the will of God stepping out of the boat? I said, yes, he was, because he was responded to your word. You said, come, and Peter was the only one that was prepared to take the risk. And he stepped out of the boat in the will of God. Can anybody say amen here? He was bang in the will of God. But we know the story, don't we? <laughs> the winds, and he looked at the distraction, and he began to sink, and he sang. In fact, it was Peter that wrote that song, not Lennon and McCartney. It was Peter, help! <laughs> he, he, he should get the royalties here. And he began to sink, and help! Watch. So what happened to Peter when he failed in the will of God? The Bible says, the moment he began to sink, Jesus reached out. Watch this. The Lord said to me, Ray, whenever your faith fails, my grace reaches out. My grace reaches out. My mercy reaches out. Whenever your faith, and some of you are beating yourself up, you've stopped trying, you're never going to step out of the boat again. Come on, let's bury the devil's nose in this and tell him, hey, when my faith fails, grace reaches out, lifts me back up so I can try again. If you believe it, say amen right here. Man, I don't know how long I got left here. How much? Are you all right? Are you okay? 
You find it? Because this, this, this is not a sermon, guys. This, this is a message that has changed my life. And it can change your life too. Here's the one. Here's the, here's, well, well, okay, so while we're here then, let's just say this. What about if you're the one that hurt the person? Ooh. I are you. Wish you could go back, man. You, you're not one of those people that say, ah, well, no, man, it breaks your heart because you're the one that hurt the person. And you can't go back to put it right. You wish you could. Oh, man, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't done that. You're stuck, aren't you? I said, you know, listen, and I'm talking to the Lord like this, and, and then he showed me, I love Peter. Peter is the original carrier of foot-in-mouth disease. Botch Up Ministries International. You, you want to do a study on Peter's life. Do you know what? You'll never be depressed again. I'm telling you. You think if God can bless him. No, seriously. Do a study on Peter's life. Even after he was a Christian, God was interrupting him. Shut up, Peter, you plonker. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so here's Peter. Peter was always, <laughs> he was always wanting Jesus' approval. Oh, my God. You know, who do men say that I am? Peter, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. My God, Peter, heaven has revealed this to you. Can you imagine his attitude to the other disciples? <laughs> Hear that, boys? Me. And then Jesus, Jesus started talking about his death. And then Peter, Humpty Dumpty Ministries. Listen to this. So now it got to his head, revelation receiver. So Jesus started talking about his death. Do you know what it says? Peter started to rebuke Jesus. What an idiot. Uh, Jesus, come, come here. I've just received from heaven. You just said, I'm, I'm listen, guys, listen, listen, Jesus, you're depressing the boys. You know what I'm saying? I can handle it, but look at them. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. So in five minutes, in five minutes, Jesus called Peter three names. He called him Peter, which means rock. He called him Simon, which means Simon. And then he, and then he called him, he called him Satan. Man, that'll build up your self-esteem, won't it? So I love Peter. So here he is in the garden, right? So a thousand armed soldiers, a thousand armed soldiers come to arrest Jesus. Who's the only one with a sword? I'll impress him. If it takes the rest of my life, I'm going to impress Jesus. A thousand soldiers. Here's Peter. Come on, come on. Flipping chicken all on. Face was painted, braver, come on. And then when they go to, you know the story. So Peter takes a swipe at the high priest's servant and cut his ear off. He wasn't going for his ear. 
He was going for his head. He didn't say, he didn't say, excuse me, could you just tilt your head a little bit like this? So I could cut your ear off. No, I'm like, yeah. Guy, so here's the guy, his ears on the floor. I often wonder, why didn't Jesus say, Peter, you hurt him, you heal him. I've given you authority. No, he was still angry, still miffed. He probably would have stuck it on his bum right there like that. So Jesus is showing me all this, right? I said, Lord, what about the people I've hurt? And he showed me that. And Jesus picked up the guy's ear, stuck it on his head and said, Peter, go your way. Let me heal the people you hurt. And you go your way and fulfill your destiny. Now you need to give praise to Jesus in this house right here. Yeah, you've hurt people. I've hurt people. We think, how can we do this? Yeah, unless you have a revelation of the mercy of God. Then you're never going to live a contented life. And some of you can't go back. You can't unscramble eggs. You can't. You can't. So this morning, you're going to leave it here. Anybody hearing the voice of the Holy Ghost right here? You're going to leave it once and for all. You're going to leave it here. And you're going to say, Lord, yes, hands up. But I trust you to heal those I've hurt. And I'm going to carry on walking in your mercy and your grace. Come on, give the Lord some praise in this house. Ooh. George, I feel I've got to stop here and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to people because to, I'm going to pick it up again tonight. And if you want, listen, do you know what tonight? Call, what, not only you come, but, but phone somebody. Somebody who's bitter with church or confused about life or hurt or and bring them. And we're going to see God do miracles in their lives tonight. Like he's going to do here this morning. And some of you right now are trying to assimilate what, what the Lord's saying to you personally. And, and God is saying to you through my mouth, you need to receive. My mercy. I think I shared this. I'm going to close and I'm going to pray. I think I shared this. Um, I think I shared this years ago here. But I'm going to do it again. I want you to imagine. It's the only way I can uh, apply what the Lord is saying here. Imagine it, it's the ice skating final in the Olympics. And the last competitor steps out onto the ice. He's been rehearsing his routine for four years. He's got it off. Man, he, he's excited. His name is called. He skates out onto the ice. He's doing fantastic. And then halfway through the routine, his triple salco looks like a starfish on speed. He goes up. 
he feels that he comes down, his legs give way, he crashes on the ice, he picks himself up, he carries on with the routine, he does another jump, he falls again, and in his heart he's saying, I didn't rehearse this. I didn't plan this. His last jump, he falls on the ice, waiting for the marks from the judges. The Russian judge, zero. The South African judge, zero. The Taiwanese judge, what? The constipated judge. That's for all the religious people here, which is zilch. Then a very good looking, short, but well-built Welsh judge stood up, looked at the guy and says, nine out of 10. The judge says, are you on drugs or something? Didn't you see the same performance that we saw? And the Welsh just said, yeah. So why did you give nine out of 10 out of 10 for a performance like that? And he said, well, it's awful slippery out there, isn't it? <laughs> hey, don't you think God knows it's awful slippery out there as you're trying to build your marriage? It's awful slippery out there as you're trying to serve Jesus. It's awful slippery out there as you're trying to build relationships and build your business and trust God. That's why God always, like that judge, mercy always gives you a score you don't deserve. And the amazing thing, the amazing thing, the amazing thing about mercy is not only does he give you a score that you don't deserve, but he's an expert skater. And he gets up from the judge's bench, come out to where you are. I, this is what he did for me in that room up here four years ago. Picks me up, dusts me down, right? He says, now, come on, Ray, you put your arm in my arm. Now let's skate again. And we start skating. And then I start to go into condemnation of fear. He says, see, that's where you're going wrong. Come on. I've got you. I've got this. And he will skate with me until I skate into the very presence of God. Come on, somebody, and he will do the same for you. Give the Lord some praise in this house right here, somebody. Okay. Well, we're going to pick it up. I'm going to be talking about God's faithfulness tonight. And I'm going to share some stuff with you that will... Put hairs on your chest, ladies. I tell you, it's fabulous stuff. But right now, Holy Spirit, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be found acceptable in your sight. Oh God, with every head bowed and every eye shut right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray very quickly in a couple of areas, okay? First of all, I want to pray for people. And uh, you say, Ray, you know what? I've been, I've been struggling with this whole issue of failing, doing the will of God. 
I, I, I really have been beating myself up with the failure of the past. This morning, I'm going to let that go. Then there's another group of people that says, Ray, I wish I could go back and heal the people I've hurt, but I can't. I'm going to allow God to heal them. And Ray, I'm going to start to try again. I am making the decision to try again with the revelation of the mercy of God. If you fall into any of those categories very quickly, I'm not going to call you out, but I want to see who you are. Could you raise your hand, please? Very quickly, all across the room. Holy Spirit, you see these people? There's a massive story. Some of them have never even told it to a soul. Right now, they are receiving a score they don't deserve. Thank you that right now they can look behind them and see all these years, mercy and grace is cleaning up the mess on a daily basis. I bless them with your love and with your joy and with your mercy in Jesus' name. You can put your hands down very quickly. One more. If you are here, you say, Ray, you know what? I'd love to live a life like this. I'd love to live a life when I get up in the morning and I know who I am, where I'm going, why I'm on the planet. Well, you can. You see, all that frustration in your life, all that wonder, you're searching for your creator and you were not here by chance this morning. Jesus is here and he tells you this, I have forgiven you all your sins. This is the time to say yes. And I'm going to ask in just a moment for people to raise their hands. When I count to three, you say, Ray, I need, I need, I need to connect with God. And I'm going to pray a prayer like this. Jesus, forgive me for all my sin. I receive you as my savior. If you want me to pray that prayer with you, it's very simple. Come on, take off the mask now. Take off the performance-based stuff, you know you need Jesus right here. So when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand where you are. I'll see it and I'll pray for you. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise your hand up high, please. Wow. Come on, up high, up high, up high. Wow, there's hands going up everywhere here. Jesus. Okay, guys, put your hands down. Everyone look at me right now. George, can I have two more minutes? Is that okay? Look at me right now. Look. This is Father's house, big front room. The only person going to be embarrassed here today is the devil. Because you've just come out of his kingdom into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm going to ask very quickly, very quickly. I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet, please. Those of you who raised your hands for the second appeal, those who raised their hands say, Ray, I prayed that prayer. Please. Will you do me the honor of meeting you here for two minutes for me to pray for you personally? If you raise your hand, leave your seat, bring a friend with you, and come and stand with me now. Come on. Don't wait for anybody else. If you raise your hand, get out of your seat. Come and stand here. Come on, give him a big clap, everybody. This is amazing. Come and stand right here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
come out here. No, that's not a clap. Come on, you need to shout something. Heaven rejoices over one sinner. Come on, they're still coming. They're still coming. This is awesome. Come right around. Can you come closer, please? Come around the back here. Come right around here. Yeah, people are still coming here. The greatest decision you'll ever make is right now. Right now. Right now. Those of you in the front, just look at me for a moment. God bless you. Thank you. You know what? It takes courage to do what you are doing here. You didn't expect this, but you know what God did to you today? He ambushed you. You thought you were coming to see or do whatever. He He got you here to meet with you personally. And I want you to bow your head one more time, everybody. And I want everybody in the building, along with these beautiful people here, and I'm going to hand back to Pastor George when I pray this prayer. I want us all to pray this prayer out loud. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sin. I receive forgiveness for all my sin, past, present, and future. And I receive you as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for making me a Christian today. Give the Lord a clap.